2: hello my beautiful ladies i'm so excited to have this episode today this was an episode that was requested on my instagram story we're going to be talking about what to do if you break celibacy with a man who is not worthy with a man where it's just a replay of your old patterns and all of that we're going to be talking about that we're also going to be talking about oversharing and how to stop oversharing this is going to be super important on your journey and something I used to really struggle with. Like I struggled with oversharing so much. I would just get, oh my gosh, so anxious. And I would just like word vomit when I was around a guy that I liked, it would just be a disaster. And so many times I would just get so anxious that I would just, you know, overshare things that were so just like not the vibe in that moment. And So we're going to be talking about how to heal oversharing and we're going to be talking about what to do if you, you know, kind of interrupt your celibacy with a little period of a man that is not for you. Now before we start, I just want to tell you guys that we do have two more spots available in my coaching, my group coaching program for women that is going to run from October to December and we have 12 spots filled. There are 14 spots available and it has not even been a week yet and it is almost completely full so if you would like to get your spot and you would like to be a part of this group coaching program then you know get your spot. I might never do another coaching program or another one-on-one coaching offering so this could be your last opportunity to work with me so if you would like to do that then the link is right in the description and also we're still doing my giveaway until 500 reviews so if you have not written a review on apple Podcasts, write me a review and once we get to 500 reviews on apple Podcasts, i will pick someone and give them a free coaching session but they do have to have really um, sent me a screenshot on instagram so once you send the review then ju- or once you t- uh, write the review then just send it to me on instagram dms and will you will be entered into the giveaway okay so let's just get into if you break your celibacy for a man that is not worthy so the first thing i want you to know is that it is totally okay to break your celibacy for a man that's not worthy and to have that happen honestly I feel like you know everybody's saying it's a canon event about everything lately so I feel like it's a canon event is that even the right way to use it I think it is but it really does feel like a canon event if that you know if I'm saying that correctly because it feels like something that's inevitable and fated to happen for a lot of women within their celibacy journey because a lot of times when we start our celibacy journey we realize that we don't actually know how to date or we realize how dysregulated that we are once we are kind of alone in solitude with ourselves and we're not using sex or intimacy with men to hide behind. We're not leading with our sexuality anymore. This was actually something that happened to me. I had been celibate for a year and I went on this date and I realized I didn't know how to date if there wasn't any possibility of even a kiss or a hookup or something happening. And in the past, you know, there had always been, if I went on a date, like a kiss, you know, like something that was sexual or romantic happening. And that was just the truth when I was younger, when I was 18, 19, 20. And I just didn't know how to not lead with my sexuality because that's what women are conditioned into doing. And so when I went celibate and I was committed to not having sex or not being intimate with a man, which I can't even believe now, like at the place where I am now at 25, you know, if I were to go on a date, it wouldn't even, it's not even something that would cross my mind or even be like a thought of like, am I going to be intimate with this guy? Like, am I going to hook up with him? Like, it's not even something that would... It's not even possible. And that's years, you know, into my journey and into my healing, but it does take an effort. And so a year into my celibacy, when I had randomly gone on this date, it, I realized I literally did not know how to interact with men when there was not the possibility of some sort of physical interaction because that's what I had just been conditioned into for my entire life and that was really illuminating for me because I had to recognize and realize, whoa, when there's not this possibility of intimacy, I'm super dysregulated and that's why I wanted to pair it with oversharing because... I think that a lot of times women in our society were conditioned into leading with our sexuality or engaging into, into hookups or having sex because we don't really know how to carry ourselves with confidence and class as women because we're never taught that because we live in the, in the patriarchy and the misogynistic patriarchy and our mothers have been conditioned into out of their power. They're, our grandmothers have been conditioned out of their power And so all of the women around us do not really truly know themselves, they don't truly feel confident in themselves, they don't know who they are to the very core of their being, they haven't healed, they haven't come into their softness, they haven't come into their feminine power, they haven't come into all of these different aspects of themselves that have kind of been cut off due to being in this system in which women are conditioned either to be you know, this subservient, submissive person that is quiet and codependent or this hypersexual individual. And both of those ends of the spectrum are not healing for women. They're not actually healthy for women. And so we don't really know what to do. And a lot of women in modern society are on this end of the spectrum where they are conditioned into being hypersexual, into leading with their sexuality, into using their sexuality as a way to of trade for affection or connection, right? Like if I give you my body, will you love me? If I give you my body, hopefully we can connect deeper. If I give you my body, hopefully you will want to date me, right? Like it's this bartering system that we're kind of in unconsciously. And so my point here is, is that if you we're in your celibacy journey, do not freak out at all if you break your celibacy for an unworthy man. First of all, understand that you can absolutely keep it pushing. Celibacy is not a stick to beat yourself with. This healing journey is not something to be shaming yourself with. It's not a stick to beat yourself with. It's not another way for a harsh inner critic to come out. You want to take this as an opportunity to be so radically loving to yourself, so unconditionally loving to yourself, so understanding, so merciful. So if you broke your celibacy for a man who is not worthy of you, I want you to literally sit with yourself and say... I love myself. I understand why I did this. It's okay that this happened. I'm not mad at myself. I'm not shaming myself. I'm not hurt. I'm, I mean, I'm, I can be hurt, but I'm not angry at myself. I'm not going to shame myself. I am going to understand why this happened. And I'm going to use this as a learning opportunity. And honestly, the most successful people in their healing journey which obviously it's not a journey it's not a race it's not something that you need to you know necessarily succeed at but of course we all do want to come to this space of an inner equilibrium where we feel healthy and comfortable and regulated so the most the people that I know that have gone to that space the deepest myself included where we feel very confident very self-secure very confident in who we are very regulated we feel just confident as humans in our ability to connect with others in a healthy way, the theme that I see throughout all of these people is that they do not shame themselves for their mistakes. And they use their mistakes as an opportunity to love themselves deeper and to give themselves a deeper sense of love, unconditional love in that moment. And so often in our childhood, right, we would make a mistake or something would happen and society or the people around us, our peers or our parents would shame us for it or make us feel like that was bad or that was wrong. And so it's actually a hallmark of your healing and how you're actually progressing. If you break your celibacy and you use it as an opportunity to be kind and loving and understanding and you eradicate any part of yourself that wants to shame yourself and you actually say to the part of yourself that wants to shame yourself, I understand and love that part of me too. I get it, right? Like I have been conditioned into shaming myself. I'm not going to, you know, shame myself out of shaming myself, out of shaming myself, right? I have to understand the part of me that wants to shame myself, but choose something different and be gentle with that. And it's all about being gentle with these parts of ourselves, because the truth is that we are these human beings trying our very best in a very difficult social system, society that is built up and it really doesn't give us that that great of a chance within these systems, within capitalism, racism, misogyny, you know, patriarchy, uh, you know, homophobia, like all of these systems that are set up are really difficult and we have to really learn how to come into a secure sense of self. And it's an effort a lot of times if we weren't raised in families that could kind of shield us from this disempowered society. So be very gentle with yourself. Take it as an opportunity to learn about yourself more and learn where something maybe might be lacking, where you might not Um, have fully developed a certain area. So let's say you're like, you know what? I'm on my celibacy journey and I go on this date and I realize in the date I feel I got so dysregulated and so awkward and so uncomfortable that I hooked up with him just so that because I was so dysregulated that I just wanted to connect. Or let's say I broke my celibacy because, you know, um, there was an ex in my life that came back or I didn't know how to this and that. I didn't know how to vet. I didn't know how to hold my standards. Do I even know what my standards are? A lot of times when we go on our celibacy journey, we don't actually know ourselves yet. So our celibacy journey is an opportunity for us to be illuminated to different aspects of ourselves and breaking your celibacy journey can be a part of that illumination. So Honestly, a hallmark of every successful person I see within their healing journey that really comes to a deep, profound space of empowerment is that they find the silver lining in everything and they treat themselves with gentleness outside of shame. So that is like the hallmark here, the thing that you need to be focusing on if you broke your celibacy. The next part is you want to be focusing on what you want to do differently in the future, where you feel, why you feel this happened, what kind of led to this and and whatnot. So yeah, focus on see where you are, you know, what, what that struggle was, where that weakness was there. And weakness isn't a bad thing, but just a space where you have an ability to grow. So if it was, you know, that you felt really uncomfortable when there wasn't actually physical intimacy there and so you used physical intimacy as a way to relieve yourself from discomfort or as a way to connect because you don't know how to connect without that physical intimacy or is it because you can't speak your truth or is it because you feel you you know um are don't have strong enough boundaries with exes or whatever it is use it as an opportunity to learn more about yourself because that's really all it is it's something on your path that's showing you you know, something that that can be illuminated that you can use to heal further and to come into unconditional love further. There's no need to shame yourself. There's no need to be harsh with yourself. Just understand yourself. Just say, oh, ah, so. That was something that Ram Dass says a lot is he says, you know, I think he was telling this story where there's this person who lost a bunch of money and he was like, ah, so. And then he gained a lot of money and everyone around him was like, wow, you're so lucky. And he's like, ah, so, ah, okay. And then, you know, uh, he broke his leg and he's like, ah, so, and then he, you know, won a trip to here and there and everyone's like, wow. And he's like, ah, so the point here is that you can see all of these things from an equal space, from a neutral space. It doesn't need to be this, awful or terrible thing you did. And you don't need to use your celibacy as a way to further this inner critic inside. It's actually not helpful to do that. So understand why you broke your celibacy and give yourself so much unconditional love and come up with a plan in the future of what you need to focus on that will not put you in that situation in the future. And that's all you really need to do. It's, you know, you can still continue on like you don't need to if you were celibate for three years and you break your celibacy one time and then you're celibate for another three years you didn't you know you could still be celibate for six years that's like you know you don't have to feel like oh my gosh now I have to restart everything just continue on it's okay continue on with your journey you know figure out use it as an opportunity to learn more about yourself it is totally fine it's totally fine it is okay don't shame yourself, pick yourself back up, you've still got this, you're just learning more about yourself, it's just neutral information, that's all it is, it's just neutral information, right, and we can just take that, find the silver lining, not shame ourselves, and use it as a way to get even stronger and even more confident and even more understanding of how we want to interact with men in the future, that's all, that's really all. <laughs> so that is all I have to say about that guys. I feel like I talk so fast sometimes in these episodes. I don't even know why sometimes I'll I just have all of these different voices. I feel like I say this so often. I will have like so I feel like I'm such a Gemini like I just have so many different personalities and sides and voices that come out based on what I'm saying or who I'm talking to or the message I'm trying to deliver. so, Yeah, new voice activating in a second because I just realized how fast I was talking. So let's take a different approach. Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk to you ladies about is oversharing. And I think that this is such an important thing to address. And it was something that I really, really struggled with as a young woman. When I was around 18 to 21, I struggled so deeply with oversharing with men. So the first thing that you want to realize and you want to identify is why am I oversharing? What purpose is oversharing serving? Right? So for me, I would overshare because I didn't want to sit in awkwardness. I used oversharing as a way to connect, okay? So I have to we have to be honest with ourselves. Why am I oversharing? For me, it was that I thought that that was a way that I would gain connection. The other part of it was that I was anxious and I felt awkward and I didn't want there to be any lapses. So I would overshare and make all these, like, you know, things that I would say because I was trying to avoid lapses or awkwardness. Okay. So once I got comfortable in awkwardness and comfortable in myself, that went away. But let's talk about the next part, which is that we also have to understand. This is really important. Oversharing is not going to get you the connections that you're looking for, okay? So that was something that was really ingrained in my mind because I had always been in toxic connections where oversharing actually served to connect us deeper, right? So every time that I overshare or get really anxious and act out, like I would just get super hyper and say all these things and kind of like word vomit. When I was in toxic dynamics with men, they would eat that up and we would connect and we would date or we would, you know, we would just have a closer connection, right? As a result of this disempowered way of engaging. But once I started to date healthy men and be around healthy men, they didn't appreciate when I overshared or word vomited or was anxious and hyper, that didn't really fly. And so I noticed um, as I was coming out of my celibacy journey that it would actually disconnect me from the healthy men that I was trying to connect with. And so that is a really important aspect is understanding that it's not going to serve you for connection because many of us have a belief that it does serve our connection. And we have to understand that it serves our connection with those we don't want to be connected with. Okay, so oversharing doesn't serve connection. It doesn't actually bring you into deeper connection with healthy men. Okay, that's the first thing. So understand that, like really, really process that. And once I had processed that, that was kind of like the the switch for me and then i just made a boundary with myself about the way i would interact and that also had to do with nervous system re-regulation i teach a lot of that actually in my courses um so i'm not going to go into it since it is you know a benefit for my clients but it is something that i really went into with were the two sides one i set the boundary with myself wait i'm not going to overshare anymore I need to see and I'm going to talk to people and learn from my girlfriends how they interact with men. I'm going to look online for mentors, how they interact with men in a calm, collected and regulated way where they know that they're the prize. That was my first thing. Like, let me, I, I'm real. I realized this isn't actually going to get me the connection I'm looking for. I thought that it made me quirky. I thought that it made me, you know cool. I thought that it would gain the connection with the men because when I was younger, the men I was interacting with, they did think I was quirky and cool when I was oversharing, oh my gosh, she's so interesting because they're dysregulated and traumatized and want to be in trauma bonds. And so when I'm just obviously acting out and being anxious, that attracts them. But men that are healthy, it does not attract healthy men when you are acting out and being dysregulated or when you're oversharing and word vomiting. I remember, you know, There was, this is obviously, this is years ago when I stopped doing this, this is around like four years ago. But I remember I, there was a man that I was really interested in and he was like a healthy man. And I literally, before we had even met, I sent him like a five minute voice message, (laughs) literally, like I sent him like a five minute voice message. And, you know, I remember, and you know, we, he he still was obviously fine with me, but I remember him being like, hey, that kind of makes me feel overwhelmed. I like, I don't know you, you know, like I don't know you and you sending me all of these details and all of this thing when I don't know you is feels a little bit too much. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's really important. And obviously I was very young and now I would never do that. But that's the first step, is seeing that these types of behaviors, these dysregulated behaviors, don't serve you to get in the connection with the man that you actually want to be with. Because for me, it was a really deeply ingrained belief that if, you know, me acting this way makes me quirky and cute and these men are going to like when I act this way. So it it furthered my attachment to acting in this disempowered way. Now, five years later, I would never even think about, you know, oversharing or word vomiting because it's just not my space of embodiment anymore. It's not where my nervous system regulation is at. It's just not a space where, and if someone overshared and word vomited to me, I would be very uncomfortable. And I would not want to, if a girl did that to me, you know, too early on, or someone just did that to me, like, you know, whatever, I would feel very uncomfortable. And I would feel like, wow, this person, you know, I'm not comfortable in this connection, because they're acting so dysregulated with me or so anxious with me. and, And that doesn't make me feel good. And I don't really feel comfortable in this connection. And so now, on the other side of it, I can also say that I can even more affirm this because that's how I now feel as well is that, you know, even in friendships with women, if a woman was super dysregulated and word vomiting and, you know, emotionally dumping on me and, you know, sending me all these things before we even know each other that well, and, you know, I would be like, oh my gosh, this is not a connection I wanna pursue. So we have to understand that when people are actually healthy, they are not going to be attracted to these disempowered ways of connecting. And that's all they are. These ways of connecting are just ways that we learn how to connect when we're in a disempowered state. As children, as, you know, young adults, these behaviors and many other behaviors are reinforced because we, you know, are are told that or we're reinforced that, you know, we're gonna gain connection if we act in this disempowered way. But if we're trying to go and interact with healthy people and, you know, people that are actually in their power, those types of tactics are not gonna work. So we have to be honest with ourselves and learn how to show up confidently. So that's the next part is that a lot of times over sharing is a mask when we are not confident in ourselves who we are what we bring to the table you know all of the qualities that make us unique and amazing and wonderful it's almost like leading with your sexuality where a lot of times we lead with our sexuality because we don't feel confident in our essence as women a lot of times we also overshare as a way to gain quick connection because we don't feel comfortable in who we are what we bring to the table and we just don't feel comfortable in our essence yet right so another thing that this could be illuminating if it's something that you struggle with is that Wait, I might not feel confident in who I am, what I bring to the table, what's unique about me, what my essence is, and how much of a gift I am to be around. Now, you know, years after, years coming after coming out of these types of ways of relating, I feel so confident in who I am. I'm just going to talk about my friendships because I've been making so many women friendships lately, right? And all of the women I'm connecting with are so wonderful. And I feel equally as wonderful. I feel like, wow, you know, I'm a wonderful woman and a super embodied and healthy woman. And I feel confident in what I bring to this friendship and in who I am, as far as just my essence and my energy and the qualities about me that are unique and special. I feel really, really confident in that. And so I don't need to try to connect us super quickly through these anxious coping mechanisms because. I am confident in the fact that I deserve connection and that I'm worthy of connection and that it's a privilege and an honor to be connected to me. When I felt like it was a privilege and an honor to be connected with others, but I was still not sure if it was a privilege and honor to be connected to me, I would show up in these anxious coping mechanisms to try to connect us quicker. Now, as an adult woman, you know, years out of these coping mechanisms, I feel like, I, I, there's, there's nothing that could, you know, take me out of this space. So when I'm connecting with women, it feels like two equals who are coming together and learning how to connect deeper with one another, you know, and connecting deeper with one another and both bringing these wonderful whole unique selves to one another and celebrating that. And Nobody is put on a pedestal and nobody is, you know, less than the other one and whatever. It's two equals, two equal, wonderful women who are connecting with one another. And in the past with women, I would get super anxious when I was younger, when I was 19, 20, 21, I would get super anxious with women and I would also overshare and word vomit and emotionally dump because I felt like, oh my gosh, I want to secure these connections because again, I'm not really sure of who I am. And a lot of that had to do with just being young as well, but also being raised in this dysfunctional society. And so over time, after committing to my healing and after so much trial and error and so many times of acting in disempowered ways. And I just, I like to emphasize that because I know a lot of you girls, my listeners, like my beloved ladies who just support me and listen to me. And, you know, I know that a lot of times things, the things I'm talking about can almost seem not accessible, you know? And I just really like to emphasize that I was, in that space you know I was I was word vomiting and oversharing and super anxious and you know men rejected me as a result of word vomiting and being super anxious like healthy men rejected me and those were really wonderful learning experiences for me because that forced me to see myself and to come into my power so I just always want to say that and for you girls to know that this is not inaccessible. It is a journey that you can absolutely go on to, but something that's so important is just giving yourself that radical grace. All of the times I overshared and I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so cringe or whatever. I don't judge that version of myself. I love that version of myself. I love that 21-year-old girl or that 19-year-old girl who was just trying to gain connection with men and did it through this way or trying to gain connection with women and that was so natural and that was so normal because that's how I was taught and that's how I was raised and that's where my nervous system regulation was at that time and there's nothing wrong with that version of me. It was just, it wasn't serving me to where I was trying to go any longer and after, you know, multiple experiences where I was learning and feeling like wow this this doesn't feel good oversharing doesn't really feel good anymore I think that you know this is an anxious coping mechanism and that this isn't really authentic and I need to really learn how to stop doing this you know over time that that stopped So I think that another, once you realize that it is not going to gain you the connection that you want with healthy men, it's only going to gain you connection with unhealthy men or even unhealthy women as well. Once you realize that, then you can just, I I feel like for me, it was like once I realized that I just set the boundary with myself. I was like, oh, well, okay, then I'll not do that. (laughs) Like it was really like, I was so attached to this idea that it made me interesting or quirky or like cute to just like say this whole thing and like say all of this stuff to somebody that I didn't even barely know you know and once I realized like wait that's not gonna gain me the connection I want that's not cute that's not a healthy way of interacting I just stopped. You know, I was like, oh, okay, let me learn how to interact in a
0: different way. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off,
1: It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you visit Arizona,
0: time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
2: So I think it can also be really helpful to just set that boundary with yourself and just say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I am going to act like, and I am going to, you know, embody the prize energy. I'm going to come into this space with myself of knowing that I'm the prize. And maybe sometimes we don't feel like that and we just need to act in that way. And it brings us deeper into that space over time. I know that for me, over years of doing this inner work, I was you know, at some point just applying things that I knew were going to take me to my highest self, but that didn't even feel authentic at the time because it was pushing an edge, right? So me not oversharing in a moment might feel really scary or not authentic because I want to overshare, but I know that it's bringing me to the space that I really want to be in, which is in my queen energy, in my regulated calm Queen energy, a woman that knows that she's the prize, that knows that she is a wonderful woman, that it's an honor to be in her presence. And I think that you can practice this even if you're in your celibacy journey or if you're in your intentional singleness journey, practice this with other women. Like you can practice this with anyone that you interact with. Sit up straight, put your shoulders back and express from a calm and centered space who you are. What is unique about you, what your interests are, and also be curious and interested in the other person. I noticed that when I was oversharing to try to gain connection, I would not really ask questions about the other person or engage in reciprocal conversations because I was so preoccupied with being chosen and connecting so quickly that I wasn't even, you know, it's what I talk about all the time we're so busy trying to be chosen that we're not even choosing. We're not even like, wait, do I like this person? Right? So I was so focused on filling awkward gaps or connecting quickly, or, you know, I was so anxious that I wasn't even focused on, you know, let me ask this person about themselves. Let me be curious about them. Let me be open to them. Let me let them express some things. And, You know, years later, around four or five years after I've exited these types of patterns, I feel so confident in the way that I interact with women, with men, with people that are just passing by. I feel like I bring such a a healthy way and you know a calm energy whereas five years ago i did not you know five years ago or four years ago i brought a dysregulated and anxious energy where i was trying just to connect at all costs and now i'm just trying to um you know i'm still trying to connect but from a totally different space i'm trying to connect with somebody let's say a girlfriend because i've been making so many girlfriends this summer trying to connect with a woman, but I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. I know that we don't need to connect super quickly because I'm totally fine with feeling awkward or feeling, you know, awkward lapses or something. I know what I stand for. I know what's interesting and unique about me. I genuinely feel in my body like I am a gift to be around. And I think that over time that can be established. I don't think it's something that you might feel right away. At least for me, it wasn't. You know, a year into my celibacy journey, I still didn't truly feel in my body like a gift. I was saying that in my head. And I think that that's the first step is bringing your mind to this new space, expanding your mind to where you can possibly go and allowing your nervous system almost to catch up through you reinforcing those actions and reinforcing those thoughts and even doing affirmations affirmations every day, like I am a wonderful woman to be around. Actually getting to know yourself more. A lot of times we feel like we don't know ourselves because we actually don't know ourselves, you know? (laughs) Like actually get to know who you are outside of trying to anxiously connect with others and get to know what your hobbies are, what your interests are, who you are outside of wanting to be chosen by women and men. You know, it's not, these patterns don't just show up in our romantic relationships. At least for me, they didn't years ago. They also showed up in my platonic friendships with women. And I actually am going to do a YouTube video this summer about connecting with women in a really healthy way, like just making actually I'm just gonna make not even about in a healthy way. Obviously I'm only connecting with women in a healthy way, but making girlfriends. And I'm just gonna be showcasing myself, making a ton of girlfriends this summer because I have so many plans with so many wonderful women that I've connected with online that I haven't met yet. And you know, um I just want to showcase connection and you know I was I talk a lot about my two years of celibacy, right? I talk a lot about it, about how that was helpful for me. And I have another podcast episode called the, Wol- the Lone Wolf Phase. And I think that that's incredibly important going on this lone wolf phase, right? But once you're done with that phase, the next part is learning how to connect. Learning how to be healthy while in connection with others, right? So the first step is learning how to be healthy in connection with yourself, once you are called to exit that stage, you now learn have to learn how to be healthy in connection with others. And that is a, a whole different arena and such a gift to experience. And so I feel like now I want to center a lot more of my content around connection, community connection, relationship. You know, I, I, but I did tell you guys, I'm not going to be posting anything about like romantic relationship at all. My private life, I'm just not going to, um, anymore, but I will be doing that with, I will be posting about, you know, connection with family, with girls, with sisters, and really coming into these really empowering, safe, nervous system healing connections with other women, and I've been seeing how deeply life is opening up for me lately with really sacred connections with others, even my family, even women around me, you know, and connecting with the women around me and the women that I'm connecting with this summer that I don't haven't met yet on such a deeper level and entering in, into these really regulating friendships and I saw this this tweet the other day and it was talking about how or maybe it was a TikTok but it said something about how like you know we think the community is just like the people you hang out with or the people you drink with like that's not community, that's just the people you're around, you know, but community are, you know, is the people that you're around that genuinely make you feel safe, that genuinely you are able to be your most full and authentic self with, the people that feel like God's love for you, the people that feel like an authentic heart hug, the people that you can just be all of you with and that can hold you and see you and grow with you in connection. And I think that, where our society is at right now is we do need to learn how to be alone that's really important and we also need to learn how to connect and i am usually always kind of reflecting back to you guys where i am like my content is about you know where i am in my life and now i feel so deeply about just the desire to express and to showcase healthy connection you know and I've decided that I do want children, and I know that was, I've talked about that on my podcast before or online with not being sure, like, do I want children? You know, I always knew I wanted to be married. That was never the question, but do I want children? And now I'm like, I am so ready to have children. I'm ready to be married. I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready to just be in community and connection. I'm ready to just spend all this time with girlfriends and husband and children and people around me and to just serve at the greatest capacity that I possibly can. So yeah, my content is definitely going to take a turn, I think, towards that space about healthy connection, even with my mom. You know, I would love to make some content about healthy, healthily connecting with my mom and doing things together that make our souls feel connected and alive like we've been gardening a lot lately together and she's been teaching me so many things and she has so much to teach me and for a lot of times I for a lot of my life when I was younger I just didn't really want to be taught by her because we were in constant opposition and now I'm like whoa you have so much wisdom like about the land and about the earth and about all of these things and I just want to grow with you in those spaces and meet you in these things that light your heart on fire and then allow them to light my heart on fire and to learn from you and I think that's really sacred and this summer I have plans to travel with some girls and go on a vacation together or you know, travel together. So I'm super excited about that. And I'm also going to this spiritual event and I'm going to be connecting with some girls. And so I'm just going to make a YouTube video about connecting with women and coming into sacred sisterhood and what that looks like. Because for a lot of my life, I had sister, not sisters, actually, sorry, I had friends that you know, they were around. Like what I'm saying, like it's not community. It's just the people around you. I had friends that a lot of the times were trauma bonds or they were going out friends when I was much younger. Obviously, you guys know I haven't drank, you know, a sip of alcohol in like five years. But, um, you know, when I was much younger, 18, 19, 20, 21, uh, you know, I would, you know, drink or go out with my girlfriends. I was never an alcoholic or anything. I was just like a social, like, you know, we would go to the club. We would go to the bar. I was living in New York. I went to NYU. So, you know, we'd go to up and down the club. (laughs) And, you know, I had going out friends and I had trauma bonds with girls that were so intense or I just had women around me to feel like I wasn't alone, but they didn't feel like a full body yes. I would get continually triggered by them and just wasn't safe for me or for them like we were just in these kind of trauma bonds and rejecting that years ago and saying you know I'd rather be alone than be in friendships that don't feel like a full body yes is important and that's the first step and then the second step is coming into friendships that do feel like a full body yes and finding those friendships and learning how to engage within them and healing within sisterhood you know healing within connections with others healing within connection with family you know children if you want children a husband if you want a husband you know the women around you and yeah so this is kind of my yeah this is where i'm at i'm in i'm in connection mode guys i'm in relationship mode i'm in wifey mode i'm in you know sisterhood mode i'm in family mode like i'm connection i feel the shift like since i turned 25 guys it's been three weeks like oh i feel it like i feel this shift i feel a timeline shift as well i really feel in the last month, like a timeline has shifted for me. A new timeline has opened up. God is calling me to something greater and I don't know what that is, I'm just trusting. And I saw this, actually one of my girlfriends texted it to me and she said, I'm going to actually read it to you guys. So I was just talking about how all of these timelines are shifting for me and I feel myself stepping into an even higher timeline. Every time I feel like I'm in the highest timeline, God calls me to an even higher timeline, to an even greater timeline, to an even more expansive and open and loving And blessed timeline. And it's just this gift that I just keep stepping into greater timelines. Um, And I always think I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, this is amazing. And then God's like, no, I want more for you. (laughs) So one of my friends texted me and she was like, "Um, this new timeline is what's best for you in this life. So why not just give in and let God make you the happiest. And That really hit. I screenshotted that. I'm like, I'm going to make that my wallpaper. Let God make you the happiest. Let God work through your life. Let God shift your timelines. Let your plans fall away. Put your trust in God and allow God to call you to greater and better things. Because something that I've just known and really had a conviction on for such a long time is that God has such a high calling for me in this life. And all I have to do is listen to my intuition, listen to what's coming up in my body, listen to my longing, listen to where life is directing me, where God is directing me and follow because I, there has not been a month where my life has not gotten better in the last five years since I chose myself radically, since I started my celibacy journey, actually even before that, honestly. You know, ever since I was, I found God, really, ever since I had my spiritual awakening when I was 19, there has not been a time where I look back where my life has not progressed in an even more divine and higher timeline space. And every time I feel like I'm in the highest timeline, God's like, no, I want greater for you. You have succeeded so much in this timeline. Like you have done what i needed from you i thought that you this is god talking by the way this is what i imagine god saying right like i thought this was going to be the highest timeline for you but because you are just like kicking ass in this timeline like you're gonna have an even greater timeline literally like let god make you the happiest surrender your plans Follow your intuition, make healthy choices for yourself, follow what is inside your heart, you know, pray, meditate, get closer to the truth of yourself, make healthy choices, continue to give yourself grace and understanding and break free from shackles of shame and continue to come home to yourself, come home to yourself over and over and over and you will just enter into higher and higher and higher timelines. Like your destiny is going to get even better and better and better because you know if we don't enter into that that higher timeline if we don't follow our calling if we don't you know if we enter into these toxic or stagnant environments right which most people do that's how most people live their whole life they stay in the same timeline right that's like the the cycle of reincarnation of karma of all these things they stay in the same timeline they don't progress but if you continually heed and listen to God's plan for you, if you continually make the difficult but healthy choices, if you continue to listen to your intuition, if you continue to follow your heart, if you continue to follow God, if you continue to commit to your spiritual journey, if you continue to commit to your spiritual journey, your timelines will get even stronger, even higher, you know, because you're not, you're gonna surpass the timelines that even you might have one at one point been destined for. Because you're you're getting, you're even, you're succeeding so much. You're progressing so much. You know, that is something that is a principle. Oh my gosh, guys, am I like a broken record? I feel like I always talk about the Self-Realization Fellowship. I'm so sorry, but like so much relates to this. And also when I was saying on my pod the other day, everyone gave me positive feedback and was like, we love when you talk about it. Keep talking about it, girl. So yeah, we're going to keep talking about it. But as you guys know, I'm in the Self-Realization Fellowship, which means that I'm devoted to the guru Yogananda, which is a line of gurus that goes Krishna, Babaji, Lahiri Mahasaya, Swami Sri Yukteswar, and then Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda, right? So I'm devoted to Yogananda and I actually recently made an altar space and that has changed the game for my spiritual practice. Having an altar space, like instead of just one day I do my meditation, I'm on my bed, the next day I do it on my floor, the next I do it in a seat, you know, having one day I'm praying on my bedside, the next I'm praying somewhere else, having a specific place with the pictures of my gurus, with, you know, offerings for my ancestors, with um, Mapacho, my plant ally, having crystals there, like just making it a beautiful space, and actually that's something that Yogananda said, okay, sorry, but something that Yogananda said that I didn't listen to, this was, years ago when I started doing the lessons and became a member of the self-realization fellowship I you know that's something that he says and I was like I just wasn't in the space I didn't have like a a solid home space because I was always moving around like I was just traveling so much but having a solid home space now I created an altar oh my gosh like it has really just changed the freaking game praying there twice a day and meditating there twice a day in the same space with the faces of my gurus there with all my little offerings like I also feel like it just charges up my room like yeah guys highly recommend but anyway something that Yogananda says and a pillar of the self-realization fellowship is that true so self-realization is this kind of whole thing but you can Most people take so freaking long to come to this God union space, this full space of God union, to complete enlightenment. They become Christed, right? So Jesus, Christ is not his last name, right? Christ is a title of somebody who has reached Christ consciousness. Jesus is not his last name is not Christ, you know. His name is Jesus, whatever his last name is, and then he is a Christ. So it is Jesus the Christ, you know. And you can become Christed. You can come into the Christ consciousness. Yogananda has reached Christ consciousness. Babaji reached Christ consciousness. Krishna is in Christ consciousness. So all of these avatars come down, and they can. You can reach Christ consciousness. That's the inevitable fate for your soul. That is the destiny for your soul. Is one day you will reach Christ consciousness, right? But you so with the self realization fellowship the practices rapidly develop you to that space you might not fully get there but one of the principles is that reincarnation you land at a, your your spirit when you pass into the spirit world when you pass away your spirit holds the imprint of where you have gone in this life right so when you reincarnate, that's why some people are so much naturally further ahead than others is because they, as Yogananda calls it, made the supreme effort in their previous lives, right? So they made the supreme effort over years and years and lives and lives and lives and that accumulates. Other people, they don't make the supreme effort throughout their life and they continue to not make that effort and so they keep reincarnating at a, uh, and they come in with a lesser understanding or a lesser kind of standing, Right? So what you want to do or you don't have to, what not what you want to do, but an option, a route that you could take is to commit to your highest progression, aka your highest timeline in this life, right? So part of being the Self-Realization Fellowship is you are following a guru to bring you rapidly to your soul's expansion. You are making the supreme effort. You are rapidly expanding your timelines and your soul timelines. So you will find that as you think things are the best they can be, God says, no, better, 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 because you are continually rapidly unfolding at a higher rate. So what you are also gifted with with service is going to get better and better and better and better and bigger and bigger and bigger. Because as you progress, God trusts you with a bigger calling and a bigger dharma and a bigger purpose because you become more like God. You become closer to God. You become a clearer vessel for God's expression to pass through, right? So your calling gets higher and higher and higher and higher and the people in your life get better and better and better and better and your situations get better and better and better and better because you're progressing rapidly through spiritual timelines and you're progressing really quickly, right? So in this life, um, I've committed to the Self-Realization Fellowship, which is a space where I feel confident that my guru can take me to that space. Obviously, he's passed on, but, um, you know, the teachings that that we do, which is uh, specific teachings every single day, you meditate and you pray in the same way every day and you learn. And I am not yet initiated into Kriya Yoga, but I'm really hoping to be initiated by September. And once you are initiated into Kriya Yoga, your expansion gets even more deep and profound and rapid and yeah I really humbly hope that I complete my lessons currently because I'm still a member of the lessons but I'm not yet initiated into Kriya Yoga and that's because I haven't completed my basically like my training or my this this portion yet so I haven't completed the lessons yet so once I complete them then I can apply for uh, to be a Kriya Yogi, and I get initiated into a whole nother level. But my point here, my point here, guys, kind of got away from me, but the point I hope this was still helpful. But <laughs> my point here was that you can rapidly, or not even rapidly, you can, as you choose and you progress, as you choose the Path of self development, and you choose the path of your soul's calling as you follow your intuition, as you make healthy choices, you are going to surpass timelines that you once would have just stayed on if you hadn't committed to yourself. There's also an aspect of this, another half of this, where you don't want to get so caught up in this, especially as women. There needs to be a balance, right? Okay, let's talk about it. Yogananda is a Capricorn okay he's a Capricorn born in January right a Capricorn man who is was destined he's literally an avatar right he's Christed destined for this like this was his dharma this was what he came here to do was you know similar to Christ Jesus Christ similar to other avatars Babaji Krishna like they came here for this purpose right okay so there is not the feminine side to that, okay? So that is something I continually have to ground into my spiritual practice because there has to be a balance. As a man, there doesn't really have to be as much with the spiritual practice. As a woman, there has to be a a balance. That's a whole nother podcast episode, guys, because this one's getting kind of long. I'm gonna make another podcast about that, about how to balance spiritual progression with, being in your feminine and honoring the fact that you are a woman. Okay. Like, I that is important. And that was something that I had to really learn because the path that I've taken is a very masculine path to God. Right. And so I had to learn how to balance that with a very deeply feminine practice with God so that I felt like an, a woman, a whole woman. Because when I'm just taking the masculine route, it can feel very uh masculine (laughs) and I'm a feminine dominant being, right? And so there's a balance there. You know what, guys? There's a whole nother podcast episode about that and how I have come into this equal space with my spiritual practice with the masculine and the feminine. And you know, I'm gonna make that podcast episode soon. So be ready for part two, okay? Um, yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that a different time. I love you guys. That is, that's all I got. I can give you guys right now. I'm sorry, but... Sometimes I talk so much and I'm like, okay, this is this is my space where I get out the part of me, that Gemini side that just goes on and on and on and on so that when I'm in my friendships and my relationships, I can be an equal, a, a calm, healthy person and not just talk everybody's ear off and be a Gemini, right? <laughs> so that's also a part of it, guys. Another thing, ladies and gentlemen, or actually ladies because all my listeners are ladies, but last thing is that if you feel like there is an aspect of yourself that is kind of like hyper or like overextended, it's possible that that aspect for you is actually a core thing that you are here to do, but you just need to learn how to mature it. I'm going to talk about this because this is really important in aspect uh, in the in relation to being a lover girl and being a relationship girl and wanting to be in relationship that quality is not bad it's a gift but you need to learn how to mature it or else you're just going to be in toxic relationships and just it's not going to work right so same thing with like oversharing or like giving advice or something like if that's something that really comes naturally to you you need to learn how to mature that so for me maturing that is like learning how to not do that in my relationships but allowing that gift to allow me to fulfill my purpose so writing books which i'm currently doing writing my book um you know, writing books, writing, you know, all of the things that I write, sharing constantly on TikTok, my podcast. Now my podcast is in the top 100 in the world, you know, sharing like I, you, I redirect that energy into a healthy space, right? So a lot of times men do this when they have, they're naturally in like the warrior archetype. So a lot of men who have this kind of like this warrior aspect where they have almost this like inner aggression right like they want to like you know a lot of times these men find themselves uh, you know um possibly in fights or maybe in contact sports or in the military or you know in in these spaces right they need to learn how to that's not a problem a man having the warrior archetype is not a problem what he needs to do is learn how to navigate that in a healthy way and Put that into a healthy space. So learning, like, you know, going and playing a sport or going to the gym every day or something like that where he's allowed to get out that energy and where he's able to express that in a healthy way, but it's not coming out towards, let's say, his family or the way he relates to his children or his wife, right? Because that's the unhealthy expression where he's cold and aggressive and distant with the people he's not supposed to be doing that with, right? So... Learning how to go into that energy, that primal aspect of his masculinity in a healthy space is what that type of man would need to do. And not everyone, not every man is a dominant warrior archetype, but I was actually just reading about that in one of my books and just talking about, you know, um, men who are you know, kind of like in the military or in these other spaces where that kind of archetype comes out a lot. They need to learn how to, if it's natural to them, you just need to learn how to hone it and how to mature it. The same thing for women. A lot of women are really naturally male-oriented because that's part of our nature. We desire a man to connect with us, to protect us, to commit to us, to be with us. We love male connection and we want to be with men. And we need to learn how to mature that energy. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It's a natural primal part of the feminine. You just need to learn how to mature it. That's all. So yeah, with that, my loves, I will leave you. And yeah, I love you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to me. I love you with all of my heart. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.